Hey guys, I hope you're all doing well today. I have an exciting announcement for you, and it's not only exciting for me, it's very, very personal. And I'll be honest, there's a little bit of, of nervousness to, to announce this because it's a project that I've been working on for almost two years now. So just to give you a little context, about five years ago, I really exploded my business. I went from being a one-man operation doing a respectable amount of deals, you know, two to three deals a month, to blowing it up to doing well over 10 deals a month, and in some months, 15 and to 20 deals a month. And there were some very specific things that I did to get there. And I have been asked for the last five years from individuals from all over the country, how did you do it? How did you blow your company up? What were the things that you did? What did you change? What did you implement? What exactly is the secret to getting this done? And I've answered this question multiple times over the last five years, but it's only been within the last few years that I started writing a book that has everything in it, all of the strategies I used to grow my business from just doing a couple deals a month to doing a dozen deals or more a month. And there are very specific things that I changed and very specific things that I implemented in my company to make that happen. And I've now put it into a book. That's right, guys. I'm an author, and you are the first ones to hear about it. I have not made this announcement publicly anywhere else. I'm doing it here to give you guys a first opportunity to take a sneak peek at the book. Now, the book won't be launching. It won't be available on Amazon or anywhere else until June 1st. But between now and the end of the month, I am offering to send this book for free to you to check it out and give me some feedback and maybe more importantly, uh, to read it so that when it does go live, you can give me an honest review in Amazon to which I would be eternally grateful. But I would love to share this book with as many of you who wants to, to read it. Now, remember, you'll be getting a sneak peek, so you're going to see all these things before anybody else does. And I'm happy to do that as, as a listener of mine. I really value your opinion, and I really want to get this into your hands. So if you want to get an advanced copy of the book, please shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line, book. Again, that's mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line, book. And I will get that to you immediately. Okay, guys, let's dive into the show. Servant leadership, though. Let's, for some people, that might not be intuitive. What does servant leadership mean to you and your business? I think one of the most important things in life is to be a servant to others. So for me, for me, servant leadership means like showing leadership through serving other people. Right. And I think that the more that other people can see you serving others, the more contagious it gets. Right. And yeah. then you get more people doing it. And I think my belief is that we're all on this planet to help each other. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, hope you're doing great. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you tuning in and spending time with me. I know there's other things you could be doing and you are doing this and I think that's as cool as it gets. So thank you for that. And uh, I think I have a really great show teed up for you today. 
uh, spoke to a fantastic investor named Henry Washington, and he's going to be sharing some stuff that he's doing with us. And uh, Henry's a full-time uh, employee, has a nine-to-five job, and he's doing this on the side and absolutely crushing it. So he is going to uh, crush all the excuses that everyone uses for why they don't do real estate and uh, just show you how it can be done. And, and I'm really impressed with this guy. Did not know him prior to the interview, but uh, had heard him on some other stuff and thought he was really, really compelling and I uh, wanted to have him on the show. So like I said, his name is Henry Washington. He's a buy and hold investor out of Northwest Arkansas. He's been investing for just under three years and has a portfolio of 45 doors already in just three years. Henry's company, Independence Realty Group, also does five to six flips per year. Remember, full-time guys, he works full-time. Henry's portfolio mainly consists of small multifamily and single-family homes. He's also recently been featured on Bigger Pockets and Fox Business Network. He's a cool guy with a great story, super driven, and just a really smart investor who, uh, like I say in the interview, you'll hear me just intuitively when he started, like common sense to him and things that he thought made sense and he did, are things that took me sometimes almost a decade to figure out, and they're things that I tell people all the time, and he just has a really good knack for business. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode, and I'm excited to bring it to you. So without any further ado, I bring you Henry Washington. All right, Henry, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for agreeing to doing this. All right, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. I, I told you I, I heard you on Bigger Pockets and, and was impressed and thought you had a cool story, and I just like the way... Your energy and, and it's he's just a smart guy. And I just I like having people that I know are doing good stuff and good things. And and I, I did a little research obviously on you and went to your website and I, I see that integrity and values are very high on your priority. And I, I really, really, really resonate with that kind of a person. So uh, again, thanks for doing this. We're all kind of locked at home as as this is being recorded. Most of the country is on lockdown because of the coronavirus. So uh, but that doesn't mean we're not busy. And, and you and I both know I've my business hasn't really slowed down, and certainly my my level of activity hasn't slowed down. If anything, it's picked up because we're trying to adapt. So that's kind of where we are right now in the world. But thank you for doing this again. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to start off just to give people a little bit more context about you and what you're up to and, and kind of where you came from. Let's start a little farther back, maybe even before real estate, and talk about uh, some of your background and how did you get into real estate to begin with? Yeah, man, sure. Um, I, I got into it maybe probably close to three years ago now. Um, before that, I was uh, or I was in the IT field, and so. Um, I was an IT professional, had a great job and, um, you know, was doing the thing that, that everybody does, you know, go to work, you know, get paid, spend your money, go back to work, get paid, spend your money. And, um, <laughs> yep. uh, and then I got, um, married fairly quickly. And then, you know, not too long after being married, the talk of like, you know, when are we going to have kids started to come up? And yep. that's when I started to realize that. I couldn't just go to work and then spend my money and go to work anymore. Like I needed to figure yeah. out how I was going to be able to afford and support a family. Yeah. And I knew that the the lifestyle I was living was, was not going to do that. And so I found real estate investing because I panicked in the middle of the night one night um, because I didn't know how I was going to be able to afford a family. And uh, <laughs> I started Googling like side hustles and how to make side money and, what's passive income and how to make passive income. And I just kept seeing articles and videos about real estate and being a landlord. Yeah. 
And uh, so I watched a couple of those and just told myself, all right, cool. I'll just be a landlord. I didn't know what that meant or, or, <laughs> or how I was going to be a landlord, um, but it just resonated with me. It felt like something I could do. I went to work uh, later that weekend. Uh, I knew I had a friend who was a, a real estate agent, a commercial real estate agent. And so I told her I wanted to invest in real estate and she was pumped about it and brought me a box of books, told nice. me to pick one. And I picked Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read that and kind of the, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. Know, that's that's super motivated. Not a bad place to start. That's where a lot of, right. a lot of us start, right? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, it's kind of a really, really good foundation to kind of get your mind in that right mindset. So just how old were you just for context when you kind of hit this point of your life? 36 36 okay not, yeah not that too far off of, from where I was too uh, when I when it finally hit me for me it was retirement I started thinking I wasn't even smart enough to get scared when I had kids I just didn't even <laughs> like didn't think it was that big of a deal but I started getting nervous about like I started doing the math like when at this rate of what I make and with the raises that I'm getting and my trajectory like when can I retire and it was like 130. It was it's crazy. Like I'm not going to live that long. I got to do something. Okay, cool. And then I didn't. We didn't mention the beginning, but you live in Arkansas. So just Correct. so people who are listening, I for me, I always like to know where do they live. I want to know where they're doing this. So Arkansas, that's cool. You were in the IT industry. You read Rich Dad Poor Dad. You had a realtor friend who was pumped to help you out. How did you find that first deal? Word of mouth. So. Like I said, I never saw real estate as something I couldn't do. I, you know, I kind of just didn't know what I didn't know. And so yeah. I just started telling people like that I was a real estate investor. Okay. I hadn't bought a deal, didn't know how to buy a deal, didn't have that. money to buy a deal, but I knew I had to do something. So yeah. I just was determined to make it work. And so I just started putting that energy out there that I'm a real estate investor. And a buddy of mine heard that I was buying rental properties and he was in a tough situation with a house that he had. Okay. And he came to me and asked me what I buy it. I ran the numbers and it was a good deal. So I told him I would. And uh, that's how I found my first deal. I didn't have any money to buy it, but I told him I was going to. That's awesome. So how did you yeah. how did you run the numbers? You were pretty new. You're pretty green. Did yeah. you, how did you yeah. know what numbers to run and what numbers did you run? And, and by the way, sure. did it were you running the right numbers in hindsight? Like, did, you, <laughs> yeah. did you do it right? Yeah. So I ran the numbers. Uh, so one of the first things I did after I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad book was I became a, a a pro member on bigger pockets only okay. so I could use their calculators. I just, I didn't want to build a spreadsheet on my own. Yeah. Um, and I, I figured they must be good. So <laughs> I, that's where I ran the numbers was yeah. the bigger pockets calculators. Did I run the right numbers? Yeah, I believe, you know, looking back, the, the deal wasn't a huge cash flowing deal. Okay. Um, but it had a lot of equity. Right. Okay. And so, I was buying for 115, a single family home, three, two built in the two thousands. Right. So mm -hmm. I bought it for 115 and it was valued around 140 to 150 at the time. Okay. Um, and it would rent for, I was planning on it running for 1200. I ended up actually running it for 1100, not, not a, a huge cash flow deal, but um, what it allowed me to do once I purchased it was take out a line of credit on the equity, which then gave me capital yeah. to continue to purchase. Yep. And I was also able to, when I bought it, the reason I rented it for 11 instead of 12 is because the guy that was in there, I, I gave him the opportunity to stay at the raised rent of 1200 He went out looking for a place and couldn't find one. And so he asked me, could he stay for 11 And I that was a win-win in my book because yeah. I didn't have to spend any money on any rehab or, or anything. And I was just able to immediately start collecting rent. Okay. How, now, how long ago was that? When did you that buy that? That was 
2017. Okay, 2017. Is that person still there? The person? No, moved he moved out, and I'm actually, um, that's the how I'm selling it. So I close on it Monday. Okay, cool. Was there some appreciation there beyond the 140 it was worth when you bought oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. I sold it for 170. Nice. There you go. That's awesome. Very cool. So that was your first rental worked out. I mean, no, no horror stories. It doesn't sound like, did you do any work to it at all before you rented it out or was it, was it ready? No, man. He stayed in there the way it was. So he ended up coming up on some hardship here about four or five months ago. Okay. And so that's when he moved out. And then I went to do a, just a light renovation and get another tenant back in there. Mm-hmm. And then while I was doing that renovation, I ended up finding uh, a 12 unit apartment building that I'm looking at purchasing. And so okay. I'm selling the single family for the capital to nice. buy the 12 unit. So nice. that's why I'm selling it right now. Okay. That's awesome. That That's super cool. So I know uh, having heard some of your story uh, that you ended up doing, you ended up buying 40 doors in two years time, right? And you started right. off like, t- tell me what, what was your situation like when you started? And I, I know how you got that first one. What was your situation when you started? And, and then how did you manage to find 40 deals in two years? I know it's yeah. a long, it's a big, it's a big question, but I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in that. Sure. Yeah. So that, that first deal I was telling you about, I, like I said, I didn't have any money to buy it. So uh, I ended up using a 401k loan from my wife's 401k in order to get the down payment to buy it. Right. And okay. so used the 401k loan, bought the property, then did a HELOC on some equity, which gave me about 18K out of that HELOC that I could play with. I started right after I bought that property, I started a marketing campaign. Um, and sending postcards to potential leads out of that marketing campaign. I think I got three deals, um, two or three deals because I was so, you know, brand new. I've never, like, I'm not a handy guy, which I think is a benefit to me as a landlord. People ask me, me how, you know, how much of a pain in the butt is it to be a landlord? And I go, it's not for me. I can't do anything. Man, I'm so with you. I tell people that all the time. I can't build or fix anything. And it helps me because people who can do that, they're tempted to go do it to save money. And now they're, now they're fixing toilets and they're not finding deals. So I love that, man. I I think that's perfect. I love it. People, yeah, I tell them all the time. I'm like, being a landlord is easy. I, I, I couldn't fix it if I wanted to. I gotta call a guy. So <laughs> that's perfect. So people, I want to jump back real quick. Sport, yeah. I, I'm listening to you, and I, I I love it. And I'm I'm hearing people screaming. Wait, wait, wait! I know what some of the people are are thinking out there who are listening. You said you sent out your first uh, marketing campaign. It was postcards. You got three deals, right? You can't go past that without telling people yeah. who were you marketing to. What was the demographic? How did you find sure. the list? And what did your postcards say? Generally speaking, like what type of sure. postcard? Yep. So I was, the way I found the demographic I wanted to market to was through all my like podcasts I would listen to, books and things that I was reading. I would just kind of, I would literally jot down like who are people marketing to, right? And everything I found, so I just made a list and most of it was absentee owners and things like that. And so I decided that whoever was on top of that list that I didn't want to market to because I wanted to find a, a niche market or something that was less competitive because I was so new. That's and interesting. That so you heard there, what people were doing and said, I want right. to do something different because that's right. too saturated. Okay, cool. Right. Um, so one of the things that I found that one uh, I didn't hear a lot was just age. And so I marketed to 50 plus mm-hmm. um, with equity 
I kept my list to homes valued under $200,000 just so I was always smaller, single families, Mm -hmm. just so that I'd always have a big market to sell to. Yep. And, uh, so that was it really. That was all that was really on the list. Um, that's funny, man. Your, your intuition, by the way, like I, I've been doing this since 08 and I, I've coached people and mentored people like for years, your intuition is incredibly accurate. Like, like if you would have come to me three, two years ago and said, Hey, who do I, who should I market to? Where am I going to get the bang for my buck? I would have said age, equity, and the value of the home. Like those, that's the three things. So that's pretty good. Just intuition. So yeah, man, it worked. It, it, it worked. I got a bajillion phone calls. Um, <laughs> How'd you handle those? Learned in itself. Yeah. <laughs> Did they go right to you, your cell phone? They went straight to me. Nice. Uh, I, had a, I had a Google <laughs> voice number and I, you know, yeah. I, have, I have a day job. Like I had no clue what I was, was in for. Like I didn't know if my yeah. phone would ring at all. I knew sure. nothing. And my phone was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I learned quickly that I would have to split that list. Cause I sent, I sent a thousand postcards. I sent them all at once. I didn't break them up. And so like, I just got phone call after phone call. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, man, that's, I know this was a few years ago. It's gotten a little tougher. Maybe I don't know if it has for yeah. you, but a thousand postcards is not a crazy way where to place to start. It really isn't. Some people in some parts of the country, they send out a thousand postcards. They might get 10, 15, 20 calls and and mm-hmm. most of them will be nothing, right? So that's a pretty impressive return on those postcards. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. Ended up getting three deals. And like I said, I was so new and I'm not a handy guy. So I didn't know how to evaluate construction costs. What I did was I literally Googled like cost per square foot for every type of trade I could think of. Wow. Like just across the country and yeah. just like made a spreadsheet of all the cost per square foots for like cost per square foot for paint, for floors, for, for everything. And then I would go into the houses and look at them right down the square footage of the house. And I'd say, yeah, this one I think needs paint. This one I think needs this. Right. And then, um, I was lucky enough to uh, meet a guy through the RIA who's a business partner now, his name is Dustin, who has a pretty strong um, construction background. And uh, he was nice enough to just start going and looking at houses for me. He ended up buying, I think, three deals off me. Okay. Um, so he would go look at them. He'd like them and he'd say, okay, I'll buy it. Right. And so, um, so that got me a few deals to get started and make some capital by working with him. And then he got tired of buying my deals and said, we need, we should be business partners and, <laughs> and do this thing 50, 50 and kind of combine efforts and, and see if we can scale a little further. Yeah. And so we worked out a deal where we would become business partners. And so we're, we're still business partners. And so that's part of the, you know, I bring that up because that's part of the reason I was able to scale because once I started working with him and we started marketing mm-hmm. together alone, I could send a thousand a month together we were sending up to 8,000 sometimes. Okay. Right. And so just the, the scale you can get when you've got more people helping you. Yeah. There was a multiplier effect there. Yeah. And so, um, and we would do the same thing. So we would market, we would buy. And if it made sense to keep, we would keep it. And if it made sense to flip, we would flip it. And then all the profits would go back into buying more rentals. Okay. And so, and so, so once he and I partnered up, man, we did a couple of flips and then we ended up buying four duplexes kind of it's an eight it's four duplexes but we bought them they're all on two parcels all together we bought them from one guy so okay. um that kind of like really got the ball rolling because we bought that so cheap you know the units just kind of started stacking fairly quickly okay and at the same time i was still doing my own thing so i still had some of my own rounds so now i'd say my portfolio is just about 50 50 half Half I own in my partnership and half on my own. Okay. How do you determine when you take it down or when your partnership owns it? Sure. So my partnership is complete 50-50. So 
if we do marketing, it's marketing that we chose together. It's uh, that we paid for together and yep. it's got, you know, certain phone numbers on them. Okay. So if okay. the lead comes in and it's from our marketing, then we split it. Gotcha. If the lead comes in from another source of mine, then I keep it. Gotcha. Okay. That's smart. So you do, you pay and, and do your own marketing independent of your partnership. Okay, cool. Correct. So partnerships is a real hot button and that wasn't necessarily something that I was thinking we were going to talk about today, but I want to talk about it because I'm, I'm in a partnership too, 50-50. I started this on my own. I did it on my own for quite some time. Um, hired a guy. He actually worked for me first. He was a sales guy. Uh, he he helped me blow it up. He was just the greatest sales guy in the world. And uh, but he's an entrepreneur. Right? He just wants to do his own thing too. So I had a choice. Like I either let him go run wild in the marketplace that I'm in and be my competitor, or we mm-hmm. join forces. And and if two plus two can equal more than four, or one plus one, I should say, can equal more than two, then then good, right? But if if our combined efforts only give us twice as much might as well do it alone. Right. So that was sort of my thinking. What is how, well, two questions. Number one, how long have you been partners? How long has this partnership been going on? Uh, two and a half years, probably. Okay. So it's been a while. What do you think is, is the reason why it's been successful? Because man, partnerships can go real ugly, real fast. So why is it working? Do you think? Uh, A couple of reasons. A, the, one of the most important reasons is I think our long-term strategy is the same. Like we want the same long-term goals. We'll rarely run into a situation where we buy something and one of us wants to sell it and one of us wants to keep it. Yeah. Right. It's happened, but we talk about it. We go back to our goals and we determine what to do. Right. Our values are similar. Like we're both people of integrity that want to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, we both just want to help people. Like that's kind of what, what helps us keep our business going. Yeah. You know, some of the more uh, concrete things are we're both not afraid to tell each other what we're thinking and why we're thinking it. Yeah. Right. You know, hurt feelings aside, it's better to have it out than, than in and resentment. So, yeah. you know, if he says something that I don't like, I'm happy to tell him and he's more than happy to tell me when I say something that, that, that he doesn't like. Yep. And, uh, and you know, we can have a, an open candid conversation about it and get past it. Nice. Um, and I think that that's really helped us kind of stay working together. Yeah. You know? Don't get me wrong. We have our rough patches. There was a you know, series of a few months where we didn't talk very much, and, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then, but we came back together, we hashed it out. We, we, we said our apologies and we moved on. And it, part of it is trying not to take things personally. Yeah and just being open and making sure that you communicate everything. You got to put it all on the table. That's huge. That long-term goal thing is really important. I, I've told people, and I, I always use the analogy, if you if you get into a car with someone and you're in New York and their goal is to get to LA and your goal is to get to Chicago, it's going to seem like you're on the same path for a while. And then at right. some point you're going to go, I want to go to Chicago. And they're like, no, we're going to LA. It's like, We've been on this road for a while. Like you have to know what the long-term goals are. I totally agree with that. If one guy wants to be a $10 million company and the other one wants to be a lifestyle, one or two deals here and there, it's right. not going to work. So that's cool. I like that. I, I noticed too on your on your website uh, talking about your values and things, which I love that you put them on your website, man. That that's just talks about who you are. But I like the last one. Uh, the other, The first four are super important and I get it. Servant leadership though. Let's For some people that might not be intuitive. What is servant leadership? mean to you and your business? Yeah. I think one of the most important things in life is to be a servant to others. So for me, for me, servant leadership means like showing leadership 
through serving other people, right? And I think that the more that other people can see you serving others, the more contagious it gets, right? And then you get more people doing it. And I think my belief is that we're all on this planet to help each other, right? And, um, you know, you learn real quick in this business that it's, it's, it's not a real estate business. It's a people business, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the kind of real estate that we're doing, right? We're buying homes undervalued yep. for people to sell you a house at a discount. They, there has to be a situation, yeah. right? Or they don't need you. There has to be a problem that you're trying to solve or they don't need you. They need a realtor. If you can keep the focus on like, how do I help this person? Yeah. Right. Then you'll continue to be successful because if you help them, they'll tell somebody, right. Somebody yeah. else will come to you because they need help. If I, you know, I tell, I've bought, I've turned away deals because there was no way for me to help somebody. Yeah. I need to be a solution to your problem. Totally. And, you know, not only is it cool because you make money, but it's cool because you know, you're adding value to somebody's life. And that's yeah. important to me. It's, it's funny how it works out. The people who focus on helping folks end up having more financial success anyways. The ones who go in looking to take as much out of that deal and just move on. Those are the people who are usually flash in the pan. They don't last. Right. Doesn't They can't sustain that. So I like right. that, man. I like that message. And I like highlighting that about you because you're obviously a very nice person. And, and I think that you putting it on your website and my guess is, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but my guess is when you bring people in who work for you, it's important that they have those same characteristics so that it kind of Absolutely. permeates yeah, permeates your, your business. So let's we'll shift gears a little bit here. Talk about something a little less touchy-feely. Uh, I know as someone who flips houses and renovates and does things, You've had your issues with contractors, I'm sure. Uh, what are some lessons learned there? How do you deal with contractors now? And maybe what are some of the mistakes that you made early on that you've you've been able to kind of fix? Yeah, man. Contractors are by far the <laughs> toughest part of this business. Like getting, finding yeah. Yeah. quality people to, to do work at no a reasonable doubt. rate is not easy. Yeah, man. We've had people, you know, take money and leave and never come back. Um, I'd say that some of the earliest lessons that I learned was to always kind of do a scope of work. And for me, they're just super high level, but that alone can save a lot of time because some contractors aren't going to want to do certain jobs, right? Yep. In our current environment, well, maybe not the current, like as of the, right now, but yeah. prior to the <laughs> Corona craziness, yeah. there was so much new construction. There was so much work for people that contractors were picking and choosing the job that they wanted to do. And so I would waste a lot of time showing contractors jobs that they were never going to take, you know, but had I put a scope of work together and emailed it out and said, Hey, you know, the the scope of what I'm looking to get done, it might've saved me a lot of time um, dealing with contractors. Uh, And then, you, you know, you really have to try to, me not being a construction guy, I kind of leveraged my friend with the construction background to kind of help me hone prices for trade work yeah. on my spreadsheet so that I could have a good idea of how much this job should cost before I talk to any contractor. Yeah. And so one of the things I like to do is, you know, I have a, I want to be able to dictate price, right? Mm-hmm. I want to say, hey, this is what I need done and this is how much I'm willing to pay, yep. right? Yep. Again, that'll help you weed out the people who are just trying to milk you for money yeah. or the people who aren't, aren't, you know, aren't hungry sure. for work. Sure. So I do a scope of work. I know what it should cost, right? I mean, at least I'm in the ballpark. Yep. And when I find somebody I like, I just try to, I, keep, I try to keep them happy, right? Because it, everybody's got to eat, right? Yeah. So if everybody's getting paid on time, the more trust you can build by paying on time and keeping people happy, 
the more they're going to want to work for you yeah. and not other people who are kind of giving them the runaround. Cause you know, like, yeah, it's a headache for me to find contractors, but if you put on your contractor hat, it's a headache for contractors to have a bunch of guys who they got to chase down for their money all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not one of those people so yep. that they always want to work with me. Yeah. That's super smart. I, I know a lot of people struggle with that too, the contractor side of it. And sometimes despite your best efforts and your mo- the integrity and paying on time, contractors will shoot themselves in the foot. That's the frustrating part, right? Like if contractors responded to people who pay on time, treat them well, and always have something for them to do, we wouldn't complain about contractors. It would be on us, right? But man, I know you have too. I'm sure had contractors where no matter what I do, how well I treat them, how often I pay them, like they just shoot themselves. So it's a tough thing, but you're right. I think the biggest thing that you said there that people should really take note of is when you do find a contractor that is where they say they're going to be and they do what they say they're going to do and they seem to have integrity and work ethic, like treat them better than good. Like treat them like gold, make sure that they're happy. So they come back to you when times are good and people are pulling them to come do other jobs that they prioritize you because they know they're going to get treated right. So again, right. going back to it being a people industry, right? It's, it's right. about Absolutely. people and how you treat them on all, on all fronts. So, uh, I love that, man. Let, let, can we talk a little bit about, cause I know right now, and again, not necessarily during this Corona crisis, but in general, in the industry right now, prior to this, um, people I see are struggling or at least they're perceiving their issue to be deal flow. How are you finding deals currently? I know you did you did postcards and it sounds like you still might do them, but what is your best marketing channel and how how else are you finding deals? What are your channels that you kind of your go-to channels for finding deals? Yeah. Um, my most lucrative deals probably come from my lead generation website and that I run a Google AdWords campaign on. So I get, I get great deal flow from my website. I still do direct mail. I don't do postcards anymore. I do letters. Okay. Um, Why? Just out of curiosity. Oh, uh, we did, it, I ran a test maybe a year or so ago, just, you know, to see if the risk, which response rate was better. And I was getting a better response out of my letters than I was the postcards and they weren't costing me a ton more. Okay. The letters. So yep. we just converted to letters. Okay. Sounds good. Is, is a letter, is it basic or you put a lot of info on that letter or are you keeping it simple? It's, it's very, both the postcard and the letter were very simple. It's, hi, my name is Henry. I want to buy your house at 123 Main Street. You don't have to make any repairs. You don't have to pay any costs. We'll close as fast or as slow as you want us to. Okay. Call me at this number. Nice. I, I've always found that too, man. The more complicated you make it, the less it does or the worse it does. Are you still uh, doing age and equity and, and value? Or are you going into other niches or how, how is your market? Yeah, now? yeah we're uh, age and equity on the single families, on the multifamilies. It's more just about equity. I'd rather hit everybody that's got equity because there's so yeah. many different situations with multifamily, right? Yeah. Tired landlords or living landlords. There's just so many different options. Sure. For, so I just, I try not to filter anybody out. We'll just hit them if they've got equity and if they yeah. don't want to be mailed to, they'll let me know. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. They let you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a, do you have a service or a person you're, on your team that answers the phones now or are you guys still answering them on no, Google call? I okay. still answer them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. So you take all the, hey, why are you call why are you sending me this letter? How how do you yep. know me? It's funny. I always think it's interesting how people take it so personally sometimes when you yeah. send them something. It's like you realize I sent out thousands of these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, that's good. Tell, good for I you. I tell man. them all the time. It's like you get it. You got a letter from your cable company asking you to buy cable. You didn't scream at them. <laughs> we tell them the same thing, but we always say like your pizza place. Like you you, know, you got yeah. pizza places sending you stuff all the time, man. Why are you getting right. mad at us? So. <laughs> 
Um, I, I'll tell you one thing I did is a little tip that I've told people that, that helps sometimes is a lot of what we would get is people call in and say, how did you get my information? That was their big question. So at the bottom of my cards, I have just a little disclaimer that says, I obtained your personal information from public records that's available to everyone. Man, my calls psh, dropped yeah. and it was good, right? Like the goal yeah. isn't to get more calls, of course, to get more leads. Right. Um, people calling me asking how I got their information was starting to get out of hand. So anyways, that's good. It sounds yeah. like you did the same thing. So that's good. Absolutely. Good, good deal. So Again, Corona aside, it's a little bit of an anomaly, and I, I really think it's going to be. Well, by the way, I, I, I'm not going to put it out there. What do you think with this whole coronavirus? How how do you think this will play out? Not necessarily the virus and the spread, but our industry. How do you see it? In, and I know nobody has a crystal ball, but in your opinion, yeah. what do you see happening with this? People still have to have places to live, right? Yep. People still are going to want to to move and, and buy new houses. I think I think the longer the quarantine lasts, the the harder hit the market might be right yeah. um i think if the quarantine eases up sooner you know there might not be uh, a ton of effect right now i haven't seen values change much i'm not seeing lots of price reductions and yeah. what i'm hearing from my realtor is they're doing more closings than they were doing before yeah so i'm not seeing an, a long-term effect right now but i do think uh, you know the longer that we're under quarantine I, the more you'll start to see values come down because i think people are going to get desperate yeah right and start to drop prices a bunch and you know i think that's just going to have a ripple effect yep. um once people start seeing prices come down and then once buyers start seeing prices come down then they're not going to want to pay as much for homes and so i think yeah. that's what that's when you'll start to see values come down but i'm trying to adapt as well i don't want to not buy good deals. Yep. I just am being a little more cautious about the deals, making sure that the smaller homes, the first time home buyer homes, I think those will always sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in a market like mine, when you're in Ar where you're in Arkansas, where the values aren't super high, I know I'll still have, you know, a rent or sell exit strategy if I can keep that purchase price under a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just just trying to be a little smarter about the deals. Yeah, I, I get that. That's smart. I, I agree. I don't think this is going to have a huge effect on us if, if the quarantine's lifted soon. If anything, I think, you know, from a from an investor standpoint, we have buyers that maybe aren't as active right now as they would have been, and we definitely have homeowners that need to and want to buy houses that are sort of being suppressed, right? Mm -hmm. So I think when they lift this, there's going to be a flood, honestly, in the market. I think there's going to be a lot of demand. So anyway, yeah. I have buyers who are telling me they want to buy everything they can get their hands on right now. And I have other buyers right. that are like, I want out. I, I don't even want to, yeah. I'm just going to hunker down and like, I'm going to just ride this thing out, right? So it just depends yeah. on your tolerance and, and your perception on everything. So what advice do you give to people? If somebody comes to you, and I'm sure you've had this with the success you've had in the last few years, what do you tell people when they're starting out? What if they wanted just general advice? Like, what do you think I should do? How do I get started in real estate? What do you tell them? So we'll fast forward past the they need to self educate because I think everybody's got to do that first. Okay. Right. But let's say you're done self educating. You've read the books. You're ready to get started. I tell people to focus your whatever resources you have. Right. Whether that's money, whether that's time, whatever, you know, hustle, whatever it is. Yep. You need to figure out two to three things. You need to figure out what a good deal in your market looks like, and then go figure out how you are going to find leads for good off-market deals, yeah. right? And some people are, are you know, more comfortable with some of the tougher methods than others, right? So not everybody's going to want to do cold calling because it's hard, right? Yeah. How are you going to do that? Is it going to be direct mail? Is it going to be text message, you know, yeah. ringless voicemail, right? What method are you going to use to find off-market deals? Yeah. 
and then go teach yourself how to evaluate a property once you go look at it, right? And I think if you focus on those three things, those three things are all about buying good deals. And I think that's what somebody who's brand new needs to focus on. Go figure out how to buy a good deal, right? All the rest of the stuff that comes with it, right? Like who's going to be your contractor? Who's going to be your bank, right? Who's going to... Uh, who's going to be your title company, right? Like, are you going to put it in an LLC, right? All that stuff doesn't matter until you've got a deal to buy, right? Like you don't need any of that until you do something, right? And so if you kind of weed all that out and just focus on the core of how do I evaluate, find a good deal and the rest of that, you'll be so motivated to figure the rest out because you'll know you got a brand, a good deal on the line. Yeah. And if you truly are, is a good deal, like you'll have a bajillion excess strategies. Yep. Cause you can call a guy like me. If it's a good deal, I'll buy it. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? I totally agree. I, that's, that's funny when people say, Hey, I found this deal, but I can't, I know it's a good deal, but I can't find anyone to buy it. It's like, it's not a good deal. Like it, right. you're, you're finding out right now. It's not, a, I'm sorry to tell you the market's right. telling you it's not a good deal. That that's great advice, man. I, I like that. Educate yourself and then figure out what it means and how you're going to find those good deals and what is a good deal. Because right. I, I've told people like you could be the most naive under prepared. You get a good deal under contract, just bring it to a RIA and hold it up and yeah. read the numbers. And if you're not surrounded, it's not a good deal. And if you right. are, it is a good deal. So right. you can definitely do that. Well, listen, man, I, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I appreciate you doing this. Super inspirational. You're obviously a smart guy. Uh, I, I'm blown away by your your uh, just your natural intuition. Of how, well, I don't really know what to do, so I figured I would do this. Like, well, it took me 10 years to figure that out, but thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, it's it's good stuff, though. It's inspirational. People definitely need to hear that that this industry is very doable, right? You're right, doing absolutely. it. Now, I didn't ask you this, actually. Um, I know you started off, you had a, you had a full-time job. Do you still have a full-time job? I do. Okay. So that's the other thing. Like, holy cow, like, forget the excuses that you work all the time. You have kids, obviously. You're married. Like, all of those things out the window, you know, 40 40 doors in two years. And, uh, and you have a full-time job and kids and a family like everybody else. All the same excuses everyone uses. So super inspirational. I love these stories um, because it just makes me... I know when I started, I would listen to people like you and go, I think I can do it. Like I, like I made it sound like it's doable. Not easy, but doable. Like I can do right. it if I just apply myself. So thanks, man. I appreciate this. Listen, stay safe through this whole crazy uh, pandemic that we're in right now. Stay inside if you can and uh, keep your family safe and, and good luck to you in the future. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. All right, guys, that was a fun interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed uh, talking to Henry and getting to meet him. Very cool guy running a cool business. And one thing I failed to do at the end is give you his contact information. If you want to reach out for any reason to make contact and and just network with him, uh, he invites you to do that. You can find him on Instagram at, at Independence Realty Group. So that's at Independence Realty Group on Instagram. Uh, We'll put this in the show notes. And then you can also email him at jjwash45 at gmail.com. So jjwash45 at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to him for any reason, he said to make sure that I put those in the show notes and let you guys know. So I am doing that. So let him know if you want uh, to, to connect. 
Uh, but again, uh, cool guy, cool business. Love the integrity component, uh, and I love that he is so focused on uh, doing the right thing and, and building that into his culture of his business. So really good guy. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, if you're inspired by by Henry and what he's done in such a short amount of time, by the way, while working full-time, the guy still has a full-time job and he's doing all of this. So excuses out the door. Uh, he's doing it. And if you want to, to do it, if you want to have a similar kind of a life and success as Henry, there's only one way you can do that, guys. Get out there and just start. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, you're still here. That's super cool. And because you're still here, I know you're serious about your business. You listen to the whole episode. You're obviously trying to get more information to help you in your business. And because of that, I have a very, very special offer that I want to share with you. For a very short period of time, there is a video series. It's actually a vault of videos that have been created uh, over the last six to eight months by me, by some friends of mine who are really crushing it in real estate investing, wholesalers and flippers who know their stuff. They're doing high volume. They really have this thing dialed in. We put together some videos and I want to share them with you now. Normally, these videos sell for like 4600 bucks to get all of them. Right now, they're on sale for $1,497. And I'm telling you, as I'm recording this, I have no idea when that special is going to be up. We're, we're kind of extending it a little bit right now. We announced it about a week ago. We're extending it because of the interest in it but I don't know when it's gonna be back to its normal price. I really don't. But in this video vault, there is everything you need to know to run your business from A to Z. Everything from finding motivated sellers, finding buyers who are dying to buy properties from you, how to find and manage contractors. What kind of paperwork should you have in place? What kind of contracts do you need to work with these guys? All of these things. How do you uh, comp a property? How do you know what to buy it for? How do you know what to sell it for? Estimating repairs. like How do you know what it should cost to fix a property? The wholesaling process is laid out for you as well. How to find properties, what to do when you get them under contract. What does that paperwork and that structure look like to run a wholesaling company that is profitable? How do you run a flipping company from A to Z, finding money? Like I said, ARV, finding properties on the MLS, uh, finding deals without even spending money. Like all of these videos are there for you. And like I said, normally this is, it's a little bit expensive. It's normally around 4,600 bucks, but right now it's 1497. Uh, and like I said, as I record this, I don't know when that price is going to go up. I really don't. So go there and at least check it out. You owe it to yourself to do that. Go check out these videos and here's how you do it. You go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. Again, that's juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. And that will take you there and you can see all the videos that are in there. I mean, I'm scrolling through them right now. Marketing strategies. How do you market for properties? Skip tracing, using list services to find buyers and sellers. Um, Bandit signs. I mean, those still work, guys. People are doing them. Google ads, cold calling, ringless voicemail, text blasting, Facebook ads, if that's something you want to try, how to set appointments with sellers, direct mail, and, and, and templates for your direct mail. Like, Not only how do you do direct mail effectively, here's some examples of ones that work. You can just have them, right? Negotiating skills. How do you talk to buyers and sellers? All the sales training, behind the scenes sales meetings with successful teams who are running 
sales inside their company. Like, what does it sound like? You're going to get behind the scenes and hear some of these meetings. What's going on? What are they telling their teams? How are they getting deals right now? All of this is in the video vault and all of this is available to you for less than half of its normal cost. This is a time to take advantage of it, guys. The price will go back up. I promise you that the price will go back up. But for now, it's super inexpensive. So at the very least, go and look, go see what videos are in this vault and, and you'll go through these and see, oh my gosh, like you can start and run a successful business at scale with these tips. And by the way, you don't have to be running a huge business. This is for people who are just starting out too. There's tons of videos in here that explain every single bit of it and walk you through the process. So go check it out again, guys. It's at juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. I promise you, you won't be disappointed, but at least go check it out. You owe it to yourself to do that right now. It's a crazy time in our world and this kind of a resource can get you through it and make all the difference in your business. So go check it out. And if you want to drop me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com, let me know what you think. Uh, but go there now before the price goes up. Because if you do decide that you need this for your business, and I think you will, don't pay double the cost in a month or in a few weeks or even in a week, because I don't know when the price is going to go up. So go check it out, juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. And I know you're going to love it. All right. See you guys.